Can you trust any Texans in your lineup this week? Is Golden Tate worth waiting until Sunday night for? And will Joe Mixon finally break out against Indy? Plus, the seventh-place team owner in the Football Guys Players Championship going into Week 7, Paul Gromick talks about Aaron Jones' chances at sustaining top 25 running back value and much, much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Falkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. What more can I say? We top billing it. Valiant without billing it. Viciously found victory. Burnt towns and villages. Burning, looting, and pillaging. Murderers try to hurt us. We curse them and all that children. I just want the bread and bologna bundles to talk away. I don't work for free. I am barely giving up. away. So tell Big and Johnny and Mommy to get the Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak, coming up on tonight's show. When will Derrick Henry be a safer start over DeMarco Murray? Does it even happen this year? What Rams receiver is the right one to deploy in starting lineups going forward? And much more. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFR, at Eric Balkman, or at David Gerzak this evening. Our guest, Paul Gromick, is actually on Twitter as well, at Gromick P. You can post on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash HSFFR. If you want to chime in and talk with us, give us a call at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them in. We'll try to get to all of them uh, in the chat room, the tweets, the emails, and more in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. A uh, bit of housekeeping news. Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown was new this week with, of course, John Shaw and Nelson Sousa. You can check that out at rotoviz.com slash podcast. Uh, if you've ever wondered about the off-the-grid uh, challenge that the FFPC offers and what that's like, uh, John Shaw gives you a glimpse into what his bidding process was like paying real money for his first two draft picks. Good stuff from Nelson Sousa on there as well. That's at rotoviz.com slash podcast. And another uh, uh, housekeeping note, we are now available on Amazon Alexa devices. So if you're Amazon Echo or whatever it ha- is, all you have to do, is you have to have the Spreaker app, but then you can say, hey, Alexa, play Spreaker, high stakes fantasy football hour, and you'll hear my voice come on. So it's a very cool thing. I worked very hard, Dave, with Amazon on this, trying to make it happen. And, and now it's golden. That's pretty impressive, Bulky. I'm actually, uh, I'm not excited about it or anything. I know you're not excited, but something new. The the snickering that uh, was going on um, during during that, I could tell that you were real thrilled. Bulky, are you going to talk about the new studio and how you're like so far away? We used to be close enough to like, you know, you could, you know, you used to yell at yeah, you used to yell at me for touching you. Well, you you put your finger in like a drink and then you'd stick it in my ear. I didn't really like that very often that (laughs) you do that. Well, you make it don't set your drink right next to me. Well, you know, live and learn. Um, 
so yeah, it's a new audio setup. Apologies for everybody for the uh, four feet away. For, yeah, for the lack Five of feet. yeah for the lack of show last week. That was uh, uh, unfortunate uh, technical difficulties prevented the show from going off. But thank God we have such an awesome guest who agreed to come on. I feel like it's that it that it's like that. Um, Yes, he yes. The what's up with that sketch on SNL where uh, Lindsey Buckingham is the third guest and they never have time for him yet he keeps coming back. I know I'm I'm speaking Greek to you right well, now. You, you have no idea what I'm Chevy talking Chase about. Chevy Chase left SNL. I, I stopped watching. Been a while. Uh, I have a great Chevy Chase. Maybe it was Chris hey, Farley. Hey, speaking of which, have you seen Andy the? Murphy. Did you see the National Lampoon's movie, like the docu- quasi documentary thing on Showtime? No. I can't remember what it's called. It's all about the National Lampoon's magazine, and then it, you know, it kind of evolved into a variety show that they had. It's a fantastic. It's like eighty minutes long. It's great. It's a documentary. Or yeah, yeah. Okay. They That's have Showtime. interviews with. Yes, yeah, it was great. All right, I'll check it out. Not as great as uh, our next segment on the show, ladies and gentlemen. I want to bring in tonight's guest. He is a longtime FFPC player who has won multiple Football Guys Players Championship leagues. He began last week in the seventh place overall position in the 2017 Football Guys Players Championship. Please welcome into the show and much, much, much appreciative of you, Mr. Paul Gromick, for not only hanging out with us tonight, but wasting your Friday night last night. Uh, uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, well, I had my worst week of the season last week, so hopefully uh, – being on the show, maybe I'll creep back up the leaderboard a little bit this week. I have no doubt that that's going to happen. You know, there used to be a jinx of, you know, these guests would come on the show and then they would they would go down the leaderboard. But I would say within the last uh, year, two years or so, it's been, the, it's been the opposite effect. We've actually had guests go up the leaderboard, Paul. I have no doubt that that is in store for you here in week eight. I uh, want to uh, get into fantasy football with you, but before we do, tell the listeners what you do for a living when you are not dominating fantasy football and the football guys players championship. Well, I'm, uh, I, I work for the army. I do budget and cost work for the army. Um, I've been doing that for last, I guess, 13 years now. They hired me right out of school. So, um, it's a good, it's a interesting job. Um, get to do some travel, um, work with a lot of cool people. So yeah, that's what I do. That's my day job when I'm not, uh, I'm not crunching fantasy stats and that kind of thing. Grinding waivers, submitting lineups, the like. Yes, Dave. I'm just curious. What yeah. did you major in college for them to hire you out of school? Is that like an actuarial science major or something like that or more purchasing business? No, I, actually, I, I was an econ major. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, that's, they, in, that's just interesting. Yeah they, hire, yeah, they hire a lot of math, a lot of math guys, econ guys, some engineers. Um, uh, yeah, that. Those that they hire those kind of majors for their for their budget work and cost work. So yeah, it is. It's a very cool, very cool job. That's neat, man. Well, I guess. So am I allowed to say thank you for your service, or you just work for that? Is it different? (laughs) You're not killing people, are you? (laughs) Killing them with numbers, Dave. (laughs) Maybe you're purchasing. You're buying the right amount of stuff. Yeah, I'm a I'm a civil servant, so I'm I'm on the civilian side. But yeah, we work. we work on the same team as the, the folks in uniform. So it's a good, good, good uh, combination of uh, enlisted uh, active duty folks and civilians. That's awesome. All right. So let's talk fantasy. You had several teams in the 2017 uh, FPC football guys championship. Are you actively trying to draft or distinctly different teams or did you, uh, did you kind of want to stack, you know, having a lot of the same guys on the same teams or on different teams? Um, yeah, I guess going in this year, um, 
a lot of it was was just where I ended up what as far as the draft slot. Um I guess uh I had a couple guys I, I guess I, I sort of I was higher on a guy like Todd Gurley than a lot of people. So I ended up with him on three of my four teams. Um but I, I guess going in I, I don't mind if I if I have I guess in the first round I tend to um not want to take the same guy but if I have guys that I'm that I'm kinda equally high on I, I'll I'll sort of hedge my bet in the first round. But after that, I don't really care if I end up with, with similar uh, similar looking teams. But, uh, yeah, I think I ended up with Gurley on three of my four teams this year, and I think I had Tevin Coleman on a couple. Um, but other than that, I spread out the, the player pool pretty well. But, yeah, I don't, I don't really uh, – I don't really mind, mind having some similar looking teams if I'm high on – High on a couple guys. I don't mind having them on, on quite a few of my teams. I think that, you know, over the past, well, I don't know, basically as long as I've been drafting into Kentucky, I feel like I've always been pretty spread out with, I, I don't really load up on uh, the same guys. This year I think it was a little bit different. I have a lot of Stefan Diggs. I have a lot of James White. Uh, for whatever, and actually a lot of Jameis Winston, as I found out last week when I wasn't sure if I'd be able to play him or not. I had to make all these other, um, you know, potential changes on the waiver wire in case he didn't go. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting uh, that you say that. When you look at the uh, the successful teams that you've had in the Football Guys Players Championship in the past, Paul, uh, ones that have won your league, you know, uh, ones that have actually helped you cash. What have have they had in common? It, you know, besides oh, I drafted good players, Balky. Obviously, that's what they've had in common. But a- any specific strategies, any certain ways you drafted the teams, anything uh, that you would you know play the waiver wire in a similar way. Has there been any, you know, similarities between those teams of the past and maybe this one that you have going on right now that's um, that's been very successful? I guess I'd say um, any strategy can work in this format. Um, it, like you said, draft the right players. I, for me, I've had success with waiting on waiting on my quarterback as as long as I could, and um, the teams that I, that I on early on a quarterback haven't worked out for me. I know other people have had success. You can have success with any strategy if you pick the right player. Other people have gone quarterback early and had success with it, with it, but I've never I've never done well with that. So my best teams tend to be where I wait on quarterbacks. And then um, I guess the other big thing for me in this format is to have a plan for how you're going to handle the tight end position, um, whether you you know you're I guess this year was for me it was either I was sort of targeting Kelsey in the second round, but never never got him. But you sort of either go in early on one of the either Brackowski or Kelsey, or if I didn't get either one of those two to wait. Um, but I think yeah, for me it's waiting on quarterback. And then this year my best team was where I waited on my best two teams. I waited on tight end um, this year, but I could you know I think. Just waiting. I'd say waiting on quarterback, and then uh, just having a plan for how to attack tight end. That makes sense. I think that the the teams that are dialed in on uh, the tight end definitely have had. Uh, you know, whether you wait, you're waiting on one, whether you're grabbing one or two early. I think as long as you execute the plan, grab the right tight ends, you can uh, definitely be ahead of the game. Right, Dave? Yeah. What tight ends? <clears throat> what tight ends did you grab that are working out well for you right now? Uh, my top team. I got. Uh, I grabbed. Uh, Witten, I'd say like the tenth, eleventh round, and then maybe a round later, I got Cameron Brait, and been uh, kind of mix, mixing and matching those two. Um, 
doing pretty well with that. Uh, my yep. other team that I waited, I, I I drafted Eric Ebron, and that hasn't worked out too well. So, um, so there's <laughs> not working out well for the Lions either. <laughs> no, there's no uh, there's no there's no surefire. Uh, but this year, the tight end's been kind of a kind of a wasteland. So you've been able to put uh, put some things together just with the waiver wire um, and try to. Uh, try to piece something together at tight end, but it's been a tough year for tight ends. But uh, um, the one early tight end I grabbed was Olsen, and that, that obviously didn't work out. But, um, yeah, Olsen sucked and then got hurt. Yeah, he wasn't doing too much yeah. before before the injury. <laughs> so it's, it's been uh, a mixed bag with my tight ends this year, but um, my best success this year has been, was waiting and just uh, kind of mixing and matching um, – can be tough to decide who to start on a weekly basis here, but um, yeah, well, I'd say the yeah, weight not tight ends work for me. Well, cool. Let's talk about Dion Lewis. You picked him up before the week six games um, on, off the waiver wire. What did you see in him? Uh, you know, before everybody, you know, not before everybody else, but before a lot of people because he was out there. And uh, what do you see him putting up the rest of the season? Yeah, Dion. I sort of, I just saw the, you know his snap counts trending up. His, you know, his usage starting to trend up. And um, uh, Gillespie hadn't been really producing like they thought he would. I don't think his his sort of um, his usage has been trending down a little bit. I just saw and, and James White's more there more has that you know passing uh, pass catching role there. And I just saw like I just saw a little bit of an opening for Lewis. Uh, felt like in a week or two he'd probably he cost me more on the waiver wire. So I thought. You never know what's going on in New England. It's hard to figure figure that figure that situation out ever. But there, I, there's potential. You know, there's one say there's one more injury there. I could see Lewis taking out a bigger role. I, I think he's a startable player now, but I'm not expecting the world right now. But you know, I think uh, if he can get work his way into some goal line carries, he could have some pretty productive weeks. New England, I mean, the, the thing with, with those Patriot running backs, as any fantasy owner would know, is, is it's, it's never been about the talent. I mean, the, the, the talent is there. The opportunities is, is where the problem lies. And, Dave, we never want to root for injuries on the show, but it, can we root for some, some of these Patriots running backs to get suspended so we can have some sort of clarity in this backfield and maybe, you know, have uh, Deion Lewis complaining about not getting the ball inside the five. Boom, he's suspended. Well, you have Burke, M- Burke Mike Gillisley. Yeah, Burt Burkhead. He's been bad already. Yeah, um, yeah. He's helping you out. Yeah, and Mike Gillisley, maybe he smokes speed or something. He's suspended. And then all of a sudden you have Deion Lewis or uh, James White, excuse me, uh, get, you know, getting 20, 25 touches a game, and he's an RB1 the rest of the way. That's what we need to root for. This, this is my hope, that these guys will get suspended, make some bad choices. That, that they do remain healthy, not, not wishing ill on them, but maybe may make a few more bad decisions. They're still not getting paid if they get suspended, Balky. Well, that's fine. I, yeah. I don't care. I mean, they're, the ones, they're the ones smoking weed, not me. It's, it just happens as, as, as uh, it's, the, it's the shrapnel, um, uh, um, collateral damage uh, that my fantasy team ends up benefiting. That's, if it happens, it happens. I'm not going to be upset. Uh, let's talk uh, Paul. Paul Gromick, by the way, is our, our guest tonight here on the High Stakes Fantasy Footballer coming into week seven uh, was the uh, sixth play, or seventh place team in the Football Guys Players Championship. Let's talk about Aaron Jones because he had a big week seven, Paul. Uh, 133 rushing yards in that Packers offense as uh, they really dialed it down. And Mike McCarthy saying some interesting things this week that 
the, that the playbook will get smaller as the season goes on for, for Brett Hundley, which I'm not sure I, I fully understand. But if that's the case, it should mean bigger things for Aaron Jones. How likely is it that he can keep up uh, a good level of production for fantasy owners where he might be a, a top 20 running back on, on any given week? Yeah, uh, that's an interesting situation. I, uh, I could definitely see him, you know, putting up RB2 type numbers the rest of the way. Just, I, yeah, like you said, I don't think they, from what I've seen, I just don't think they, they trust Hundley or have, have any reason to really put the game in his hands. Um, so I think if anyone on that offense is going to be, you know, uh, an upper tier player the rest of the way would be Jones. I, like, I, I could see him putting up. Yeah, top 20 in the 10 to 20 range the rest of the way for running backs. I could definitely see that. Dave, what do you think about Aaron Jones the rest of the way, as, as long as, as we're on the topic of uh, Packers running backs? I think I should have picked him up in a lot more spots, Balky. So you feel good about him. Though. You're very bullish on him the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I traded away Ty Montgomery in a, in a dynasty league. I was pretty happy about that trade. Yeah. And he included Dalvin Cook, like an injured guy that I couldn't even IR because my IR, IR was full. What was the trade again exactly? It was Montgomery and Amari Cooper. This what you gave up. Yeah, this was when he was struggling, and that's right. fine. I realized yeah. he would come back and be fine. Uh, for Dalvin Cook and uh, Corey Davis. And right. My team is like, it's a solid team, but it has a lot of injury. You know, it had David Johnson and a couple other guys. So this year was shot. Right. So it was kind of just looking for the future. So now you can try. I didn't out. feel confident that Montgomery is a back that's going to be doing anything in a couple of years as running back. So now instead of time Montgomery, and David Johnson next year, It'll you have be- David Johnson and Dalvin cook next year and Corey Davis, and Corey Davis. Hopefully actually yeah. and Amari Cooper giving somebody else headaches Yeah, well, or, or, you know, or crushing it or Who doing well. So whatever. So moving on. <laughs> yeah. Moving on back to Paul, <laughs> back to Paul Gromick here, ladies and gentlemen. So Paul with the waiver wire deadline passing, uh, you want to tell us which guys you went at, at went, went for on Wednesday night and also for tonight if you went for anybody. Yeah, the Wednesday waivers. I I didn't really see a whole lot out there, to be honest. I so my biggest bid I think was um, I picked up Washington out in Oakland for just a one week, uh, probably just a one week start for me, and then see what happens when Lynch gets back. Um, I think he. You know, I'm hoping for maybe a touchdown and, and uh, you know, maybe a couple catches. And that's, I'm not expecting the world this week, but he was my big uh, acquisition this week. Uh, I put in a, a bid for Ray Howard and get him. Um, be interesting to see how he's – if his usage keeps trending up the rest of the way. Um, I picked up Robert Woods uh, just for some debt, wide receiver depth on, you know, on one team. Uh, I didn't – didn't see a whole lot out there in my leagues at least this week, but there was those two guys. Uh, I think I picked up Andre Ellington as well. Just he was dropped, and uh, who who knows with Adrian Pearson the rest of the way, and when when or if David Johnson comes back, I could see Ellington falling back into some value later in the year again. I'm just going to say this right now, and, and normally I don't like to give stuff away that what happened on the on the high stakes lowdown because I want people to listen to it. We are <laughs> such batting a, such a premium show. We are batting three. We get three guests a week. We get two on the slowdown or the lowdown. Excuse me. We get <laughs> two, on, two on the lowdown, and we get one on the high stakes fantasy football. Three for three in guests this week, Dave. All of them yes. said good things ahead for Andre Ellington. All really? of them said that they would try to pick up Andre Ellington in leagues that, the, that he was dropped, that he was prematurely dropped in leagues. So I'm telling you, 
if he's if he's if he's still out there in your league and and you're not playing FFPC or what have you, and you still can get a, a claim in on him. Definitely do it. Uh, I didn't drop him many leagues, and I'm feeling really good about that. Uh, Paul, let's t- talk about the Lions because they play Sunday night this week uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Some question whether Golden Tate is going to play. It sounds like he actually might. He, he's looking like he's trending in the right direction, and, and he'll give it a go. I don't know if he'll be on any sort of snap count or anything like that coming off this, uh, the shoulder injury that he had. Sounds like Kenny Galladay is, is already out. Who is, is Matthew Stafford going to be throwing to? I mean, who is going to help this passing offense go forward here on Sunday night for the Lions? That's, uh, that's an interesting question. Um, I, I, what I've seen with the Lions offense, I don't, I don't like it at all, really, for, in terms of fantasy. They, they're not – I'd say with, if Tate is limited, or to, I'd say I'd look to maybe Riddick to get a few more targets. Um, T.J. Jones is, is another slide into that Golden Tate um, role, but they they haven't gone down the field much. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd expect much this week against Pittsburgh. They've been pretty good. Statistically, they've been real stingy. You know, get, giving up points to receivers. Um, I'm not a big fan of the Lions passing game right now. Um, I have Marvin, Marvin Jones on a couple teams, and and was thinking about rolling him out there if Tate uh, was going to sit out. But even even if he would have sat out, I'm not sure I would have would have put Jones out there. Uh, I'm not – yeah, I'm not a fan of what's going on with the Lions offense. Well, Kenny Galladay's dead, isn't he? <laughs> he's, not, he's not dead. He's, he might he's, as well be. He, I mean, maybe he's dead to you for fantasy, but he's definitely still – He's dead to me, Baldy. He's, he's alive. Do you own any Galladay this year? Uh, I don't remember you talking him up too much in preseason. I want him in like one league where my team could really actually use him. But yeah. again, it's a team where I'm shooting. It was one of the, I, it was a failed uh, Norm Cruz strategy uh, yeah. where I tried to, to uh, have a bad year one in dynasty and I'm doing fine in that respect, but I only have two first round picks, including my own. So I totally botched it. Yeah. Well, whatever these things happen. No one cares. Galladay is one of those guys too, where it's like he had the big week one and anybody who didn't draft him was like, Oh man, I should have drafted this guy. And now he basically has done nothing. So been nice. You could have gotten like a, a, maybe two future first form at that. After that one week, like yeah. this guy's going to be a superstar. First ever NFL game. Yeah. It, it makes a lot of sense that, uh, that, that you, you know, that would have been the prime opportunity to flip him. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Dave, moving on. All right, so we talk about league winners on the waiver wire a lot. Like, there's players out there that's going to win the league for you. Is there someone out there that we're not talking about that you'd like to pick up for his major upside the rest of the way? Yeah, that's that's interesting. That's an interesting question. I guess my guy um, is Devontae Booker out in Denver. Um, that offense is, is trending down. They they kind of need they need a little bit of a jump start. I could see uh, I could see uh, you know Booker. He, looks, he might be already surpassing uh, you know taking some touches away from Charles, but I think they need a little bit of uh, you know boot, that offense needs some boost. I could see him uh, carving out a nice little uh, role late in the year here. Um, I I'm not a C.J. Anderson guy. Um, so I, I, you know, I think Booker's the most explosive fact they got. So I, I think uh, with the way that offense is looking right now, they can they need all the help they can get. I could, he's he's my guy. I, and then the, the at receiver, the 
with Martavis Bryant's problems. Uh, uh, Juju, the rookie out in Pittsburgh, uh, I think he could uh, he could have a nice little role in that offense here coming up. You know, on the Booker tip, I, w- I would say this. Kansas City and Denver play on Monday night this week, and obviously this is Jamal Charles facing his old team. And I got to believe that Denver is going to make uh, some pretty good efforts to get him out on the field a little bit more than he has been in the past. And maybe he'll actually make a few plays out there while he's out there to try to stick it to Kansas City. If that happens, I think you could see Devontae Booker dropped in a few leagues this next week. If assuming Anderson starts and assuming Charles gets a lot of the action, people with Booker saying, well, what the hell am I holding on to this guy for? They let him go and you might be able to pick him up. Uh, I'm with you on Booker. I own him in a couple of leagues. I wish I owned him in a couple more because I think he could, he's an interesting guy to pay attention to down the stretch. Paul Gromick, our guest tonight, he of the seventh-place team heading into Week 7 of the Football Guys Players Championship. Do have an email for you, Paul. This is from John in Chester, Pennsylvania. Uh, he writes, Hi, Paul. Is it time to say goodbye to Eric Ebron, even in the Football Guys Players Championship? I'd hate to let him go, but he is literally giving me nothing. That is John in Chester, Pennsylvania. Thanks for the email, John. Uh, Paul, your thoughts on Eric Ebron? I know you said you drafted him. Do you still have him in that league? Yeah. And, and in the leagues that you have him, are you considering dropping him with these, you know, six teams on by this week, six teams on, on by next week? At, yeah, the league, the one league I did draft him, I have, I have dropped him. Uh, I do think he's droppable in FFPC. Um, but, um, that said, he has the talent to, um, you know, they're worse flyers to take if you're really hurting at tight end and um, um, for, you know, a, a desperation type of play, there's worse, worse guys to throw out there. But, yeah, I'm not, a, not an Ebron. Um, though he doesn't have good hands. Uh, just not what I've watched him. Just not, uh, not a consistent, uh, consistent player at all. Um, so, yeah, not a guy I would trust at all. Um, so I, yeah, he's definitely droppable. He's consistently crappy. <laughs> he's, you know, droppable is the perfect adjective to describe Eric Ebron, oh. both in fantasy and, uh, you know, it's, it's a, his fantasy status is the same as his hands, both droppable. Dave, do you still own him anywhere? I don't even think you drafted him anywhere. Did you? Uh, I don't know. I don't really own him. I don't think. Anymore. Yeah. I, and, I, and you would have said sayonara to Ebron uh, several Maybe weeks ago. Spot. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I did. If I had him in a spot, I caught him. Yeah, yeah but he's, he's no good. It's, he's, he is definitely dead to this show, given how we've talked about him the last few weeks. That's true. So, by the way, uh, I want to go back to Juju Smith-Schuster real quick. He was talking about him earlier. Uh, have you seen on Twitter, like, there's the hashtag Team Start Juju? No, I have not. That's a hashtag? Team, yeah. team Start Juju? Yeah, well, on, on well October, isn't he starting? Oh, no, he's in concussion protocol right now. So, yeah, I don't he know. He got out of it. Oh, he is. Okay. On October 26th. Schuster tweeted, everybody loves me now, but those same people won't start me in fantasy on Sunday. Hashtag fake love. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he actually, someone was responding, and he put hashtag team start uh, Juju. And a lot of people have been uh, retweeting it, so I think uh, he's aware of the fantasy stuff, so it's kind of cool. I mean, for all intents and purposes, he has been starting. I mean, hasn't he? He he is the number two receiver on that team. startable, yeah. Yeah. Although they were talking about Bryant this week getting more whatever. Carrie. Brian getting more inactive. Yeah. Actually playing once in a while. Yeah, he's not. Did you ever deal in one? Nope. All right. So. Yeah. All right. Is this is this the big question? <laughs> this Paul? is the big question, All Dave. Right. So, please, please, Paul, give us a stud player that you'd actually consider benching this week, and a sleeper that you might just uh, might happen to find his way into your lineups. Uh, 
as far as a stud um, to bench, I guess, we got Denver going into Kansas City. Um, what they did last year, I, I think I would have a hard time putting Demary Thomas or C.J. Anderson out there if I had any any comparable options. Um, but with with all the buys this week, I, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people are, are going to have to start those guys. But um, Matt Ryan is another guy that that I you know there's um, if I had him, I'd probably be looking around. Um, there's call. I think they're calling for bad weather. They're, they're in New York this week. They're calling for bad weather. I think um, possibly for Sunday. I don't know if I would if I would uh, start Matt Ryan right now. In terms of a sleeper that I might start, uh, I got the uh, receiver out in Buffalo, the Deontay Thompson that they picked up in uh, yeah. 100 yards last year. Yeah, I think uh, there's worse flyers yet. That I don't think anybody really knows what the, you know, what the Buffalo passing game is going to look like the rest of the way. So he's definitely uh, a guy to take a flyer on and um, maybe roll him out there and see if you catch lightning in a bottle uh, with him. Um, and then uh, another guy, uh, uh, maybe. Uh, Someone I, I could see, uh, like Bilal Powell or someone having a huge game this week. Uh, um, either either him or one of the Oakland, uh, either Richard or uh, Washington in Oakland. Um, I think those are good, good, uh, some good flyers to take this week. Thompson's an interesting guy because Chicago totally could have used him you know, basically uh, in their, you know, in, in the way that their season has gone and they cut him loose. Uh, he, you know, signs with Buffalo. They use him right away. He's their leading receiver the first week he's there. And then you have uh, uh, the Bears trading for Dontrell Inman this week from uh, the Chargers, which is really uh, bizarre. But, uh, but these things happen, I guess, in such as the NFL and such as the high stakes fantasy football hours. We had uh, another great guest on tonight, Paul Gromick. I want to thank you not only for this week, but for last week and uh, your patience and, and coming on and, and uh, helping us understand uh, how you've sustained success in the FPC, how you still have that team up there this year. Hopefully the balls bounce your way, man, and uh, good luck to you the rest of the way. Thanks for joining the show. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Paul, yep, Paul Gromick from uh, the uh, Football Guys Players Championship, uh, seventh place uh, team going into week seven. Uh, great guest uh, to have on tonight. Your interesting stuff on uh, on how he's been able to sustain success over the last few years. I I have yet, Dave. This is uh, this is not a lie. I have yet to win a a, a league in the uh, Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event many, in my I career. I've been playing there. I know it's been crazy. I am. I am. I don't think you should be telling people about. Well, I'll just tell people. Like I am Owen five. Like when you know when Howard Stern said he had a small penis on you know on, yeah. the, on, the, on his movie. Private parts? You don't you don't say that. Yeah, but how much money did that movie make? A lot, actually. Oh, and five in championship games there, and I've actually made the five. All right. Yeah, and, and I've lost. I've lost. I've gotten to the playoffs. I don't know how many times, and I've lost. Like you remember a couple of years ago, or maybe it was last year. I had this awesome team. It was like flirting with the top ten overall in Kentucky, and then in the semifinals, I was all set to go. And then remember the Ravens blocked that field goal attempt um, on Monday Night Football, and then they housed it. Okay. All, all the Browns needed to do was was okay. e- either you know make this kick and the game would end, 
and in, and instead uh, the Ravens housed it. Uh, you lost. Yeah, as time expired, and I lost on that defensive touchdown. But didn't you make it as a wild card? Yeah, I mean, that, that's right. the championship round. I'm right, talking okay. about the actual league playoffs. I got you, I got you, yeah. Yes, I've never won the overall title in Kentucky hey, either. Neither have I. You know, when you <laughs> bench Todd Gurley for Randall Cobb, it might sometimes cost you championships. Well, these uh, the two Packers going to have a field you know, like day Ron with Meyer that. Ron Meyer had given me some good advice. <laughs> ah, there oh, you wait, go. He actually did give the right advice. I yeah. chose not to listen to it. Uh, Mint Montana in the chat room wants to know, Joe Mixon this weekend or Deontay Thompson? Thompson, uh, the new Buffalo Bills receiver that we just alluded to. Mixon who's been underperforming, but, um, well, we'll talk about him later on in the show, but I like, uh, I like him this week against Indianapolis. Over Thompson. Mixon. You know, there's, you know, I was just looking at Thompson's available in a lot of leagues though. You know what? I just, yeah, he is. And you know, I just realized we didn't talk about this. Our auction teams faced off in Kentucky this past week. They did in the past week or the, uh, week seven. Okay. What and, happened? and we didn't even play Joe Mixon against you because we couldn't, oh. uh, you know, just given that our other teams were so awesome. 164 to 124. You guys won? One for the good guys here on this one, Dave. Oh, well, no, that's okay. Our, my team, Invisible Pizza, with my buddy Leroy, is now 5-2. and two. You are 5-2. Right. and two. I think we're 4-3 and three in that league. You are second in points in that league. Um, we are third in points that's in that good. league. You know, so you know, it's, 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 it's very, very close. Fine. So, yeah, interesting stuff. Another <laughs> SOS here. Another thing no one cares about is uh, our No, I'll, I'll tell you what. I don't want to do the SOS right now. Let's get to the, uh, the fantasy flash because there's some interesting, juicy stuff to get to here. I want to thank football guys, RotoPass, RotoWorld, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Ah, perfect. Let's lead it off with Joe Mixon. Not given a carry in the second half of the Bengals' Week 7 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mixon said after the game, it was difficult to watch Le'Veon Bell carry the football 35 times while he basically touched it zero times uh, as a running back carrier and in the I second half. I him, he said, I could just punch someone. <laughs> <laughs> just someone or like... If there was a female or yeah, around yeah. here, I would just punch okay, her right there, in the face. I thought that was a little bizarre. <laughs> Probably a little bit over the line yeah, you know. um, that he said that. But, uh, you know, what, take it I for what it's worth. I would advise it. Uh, he ran the ball well in the first half, averaged 6.9 yards per carry. This is uh, Catherine Terrell from ESPN.com reporting this. He only played 22 snaps total against the Steelers. Uh, previously before that, since uh, what's-his-name took over at offensive coordinator. Uh, yeah, I know. It's <laughs> terrible. But I don't know. Zan, I like it. I, the guy, the guy, cooler. Um, the guy who took over for Sam Beasy, the, um, he was the Miami uh, OC. Throw, 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 throw. I don't know why his name's escaping me right now. It he me sucks, out. too. I mean, they suck. What are they going to do? Help me out in the chat room with whoever it was. <laughs> I think it's Bill somebody. Um, it's not Adam Gase. He's it's definitely getting, not Adam Gase. He's getting ready to get fired. Anyway, uh, he was averaging 34 snaps a game uh, the previous three weeks. He plays the Colts this week, Dave. I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually playing Mixon in that Kentucky yeah. auction. I think game, he, game script should, should be elite. They should yeah. lead. Right? Yeah. What, I, what are they laying, like 10 points? That's a good question. I have it up here. Uh, Bill Lazor, that was the guy's name the new offensive coordinator. Uh, actually, I thought I had it up here. The, the Colts Bengals spread. I can't believe I'm this ill prepared. Keep no, going. No, I'll, I'll find it. no, 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 no. I got it. I got it up right now. Uh, the Bengals are 10 and a half point. Oh, good call. 10 and a half point favorites. All right, 10 and a half, all right. So, so there you go. So yeah, I, the game trip should be the Joe Mixon. I'm playing him this week. You should too. Uh, moving on. Steelers not expected to discipline or trade uh, Martavis Bryant after he didn't show up for a required team meeting on Monday, according or you know because he had a doctor's appointment. This is Ed Bichette from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. He has since been told he will be inactive on Sunday. And uh, oh really? Yes. And the reporter, some, some reporter asked, well, again, well, he cleared concussion protocol. Yes. So free juju. Uh, he will be freed on Sunday. 
Um, Martavis Bryant says he was suspended for social media because he, you know, posted that stuff on Instagram and was, I didn't really pay much attention. I don't know. Somebody was, you know, honestly, this is, this is what it's come to. I, I'd like to say, you know, I'm, I'm approaching 40 years old and I'm not a pro athlete and I've never had the spotlight on me in, in this sense, but I got to believe. I mean, you've been, if, you've been like a, a celebrity at like Oshkosh when you were broadcasting. Yeah. But I mean, I, well, how old's Martavis Bryant? 24, 25. Yeah, yeah, He's so still a young guy. He and, is, yeah. And I feel like when you look at at this um, situation, he, when you're checking, when people are mentioning you on Instagram and seeing what they say, I mean, come on, you just you you got to be bigger than that. You got to let these things go. And that's how this escalated. Was he posted a reply to a comment about him oh. saying how Juju Smith Schuster is, you know, is nothing compared to him? And I'm paraphrasing. This it's, is, it's pretty tough. I mean, it's. it's I know what you're saying, though. It's a challenge because he—I mean—he's obviously not mature, very mature yet. I was uh, texting with Kurt Kikis this week, um, former guest of the show. Who are you? We were talking about Martavis Bryant, and I, I said to Kurt, "I'm like, you know, if I'm Bryant right now, I, I'm putting myself in his shoes, and he's got to be thinking, why did I jump through all of the hoops the NFL made me jump through this long, arduous process? Why did I work on my body to put on whatever 10, 15 pounds of muscle in the off season, ready for a breakout season?" Look what I did already when I was still messing around and smoking weed. And, and now what, what can I do that I'm taking this thing seriously? And, I, and again, I'm, I don't know if, if he's just not getting open or if, they're, if Ben Roethlisberger is not finding him. But he's not, the production is not matching up with what he envisioned. So I think he's probably asking himself this. And I think this, the frustration just boiled over. So, let me, so, okay, let me just get this straight. The yeah. Steelers are not expected to discipline or trade. Yeah, that, that's what this was and an earlier it, post. Then they deactivated him. Okay. Or they said he's going to be inactive. Okay, so they, they are now expected to discipline him. Well, I don't think the Steelers have announced this. This is Martavis Bryant saying that Coach Tomlin told him he would be inactive on Sunday. Yeah. I, not that you were starting him anyway. Um, or ho- hopefully you weren't. <laughs> Dolphins, it, let's, let's talk about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's talk about Took the words right out of my mouth. Dolphins coach Adam Gase uh, confirmed today that J- Jay Cutler will indeed uh, return for week nine next week against the Raiders. This is from Elaine Poupart on Twitter. Uh, he had those fractured ri- ribs. Matt Moore starting uh, on Thursday night <laughs> did not go so well <laughs> against the Baltimore Ravens as they lost 40 to nothing. Uh, Moore will go back to the uh, backup spot. Cutler has seven touchdowns, five picks, and a career worst, 5.5 yards per attempt average in six starts so far this season. He's, Dolphins, he's smoking about a pack a day right Dolph, now. Allegedly. Dolphins uh, averaging 13 points per game. That's the lowest in league. Adam wow, Gase says, so bad. Adam Gase says yes, Adam Gase says they are the worst offense in the league. Nowhere to go but up. So you look at this team right now, Dave, and Devontae Parker I know was pretty close to being – to playing on Thursday. He didn't, but I would think that he'll be back week nine. Kenny Stills really took a couple of steps forward with Matt Moore throwing him the rock. Um, so now you, you have this offense with Landry, Kenny Stills, um, uh, Devontae Parker, J.H.I., who we're going to get to a little bit later on in the show. I'm going to talk about him. seems like the tools are there, and they're just – maybe the tools aren't there, but the tools are definitely there to not being the worst offense of the league. The Cleveland Browns are a better offense right now than the Miami Dolphins. Think about that. I, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's much fantasy analysis here other than I'm still playing Landry. When Parker gets back, I'm definitely not playing Stills, and I'm probably not playing Parker. Landry's really the only guy I can trust in this offense. You know, you know yeah, it's just it's, you don't want to play any of these guys if you can really avoid it. You know, but I'm going to talk about Parker a little bit. 
he's like one of the most overrated players. I think he sucks. I think he sucks. I don't like Parker. Yeah. Even dra- even really how great, how yeah. great he is. How he's gonna, this is his breakout year. He actually had some targets, but week, you know, week one, they had that buy, and then he had nine, 10, and eight targets. So I guess he's getting some targets. But last week, he had one target. I don't know if he got hurt or anything like that, but um, I don't know. I'm just not excited about the guy. And, he's, yeah. and then he's been hurt, and he's been injured now. He has been injured for sure. Like always. He's always hurt. He had that foot problem at Louisville, and it just it seems like he's just never been able to shake the injury bug in general. So Man, I, I haven't been one dynasty team. I'm just hoping for like a 10 for 150 in a touchdown game so I can get rid of him. Somebody offered you right now a second-round pick for Devontae Parker, and they were looking towards next year. Would you? A future second? Probably not. Yeah. If it was a, even if it was a guaranteed late first, I would do it, though. Or if it was a guaranteed early second, I would probably – I'd have to think about it. Actually, I might do that, actually. Okay, interesting. Uh, DeMarco Murray uh, on Sunday, 21 touches for 76 yards and an overtime win against those Cleveland Browns I just alluded to. He did have that hamstring injury, and uh, a lot of people thought it was going to be the Derrick Henry show. It was not. Murray just crushed it all game long. Uh, Henry hardly got involved in the game. Titans are on by this week. So you got to believe DeMarco Murray is uh, going to be loving this week off to rest up that hamstring. Man, I don't know. It's just like if DeMarco Murray's active, I, I really don't see a path of, of how you can start Derrick Henry, even in the worst circumstance. In order to start him at this point, I think Murray has to be inactive. Yeah, of course. So now this is when you bench Henry and he'll have like 15 for 120 and a touchdown. But, can, but he's like the ultimate whipsaw this year. You bench Henry. The ultimate whipsaw. Yeah, you whipsaw. You can never start him in the right week. You right. bench him the week before, and then you're like, oh, he's going to be going off. You start him, gets nothing. But, he, but, but wouldn't you feel – I mean, certainly you wouldn't feel good about benching when he goes off. But when you have this information that DeMarco Murray was less than 100% and they still let him touch the ball more than 20 times when they had adult, right. healthy Derrick Henry. In a, Henry. Game, in a game, by the way, that it took overtime to beat the Browns, and they're still not letting and, Henry loose. And heading into their bye, by the way. And heading into their bye. I mean, that's huge. Right. I, I, I think we, we have all the information we need on DeMarco Murray here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's switch Murray's and go to Latavius Murray. As he led the uh, Vikings to a 24-16 win over the Ravens this past week. 18 carries, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Now, Latavius Murray, in week six, got the first carry after the Dalvin Cook injury. Uh, Jarek McKinnon crushed it. So what happens? They give the ball to Latavius Murray again in week seven, and he was actually awesome. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings stuck with him uh, the rest of the game. He didn't have a run longer uh, than 10 yards uh, entering the week, but he had a 35-yarder and had a 29-yard touchdown later on in the game. This is unfortunate, Dave, because for us McKinnon owners, it muddies the waters. Yeah, it makes it a little bit tougher to start him. I think you can still look at McKinnon as a, as a flex side player, but beyond that, you're not really looking. You were hoping for him to turn into an RB two, but I don't think you're quite getting that. Do you think there's a lot of teams out there with Lat Murray and Jarek McKinnon on their squad? Lat Murray. Lat Murray. Yeah, I'm still bringing that up. There might be a few that have both of them. In Cleveland, or excuse me, not in Cleveland. They play in London this week. Early uh, lineup blocks on Sunday mornings, 9:30 Eastern time, ladies and gentlemen. What's the again? That's uh... Minnesota and Cleveland and London. What are you doing this week if you own both of them? I would favor Murray. I mean, he had the good game the week before. And, he, and the game script should fa- favor him, right? Yeah, probably. Even though he's not the pass catcher. If you own McKinnon, but you don't own Murray, is McKinnon the guy that you would look at flexing out? If I had to. I mean, I actually had uh, – I, I think I saw that decision in one league where it was Marvin Jones or McKinnon. I think that Marvin Jones was the player that was thrown in. Jones had a lot of targets left. Yeah, yeah, he did. So, 
Okay. Well, fair enough. I, uh, I think I, I am deploying McKin. I only own him in one league and uh, I think I have him in my starting lineup right now. Uh, Latavius Murray, I don't think is starting anywhere for me. I might have to, might have to fix that. Evan Engram, 12 targets last week against the Seahawks. He catches six of them for 60 yards and a touchdown giants, uh, rookie tight end on pace for the best rookie season four tight ends over the last decade and a half and really is the only guy catching passes in New York at this point now. It's amazing, really, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it really is. We talked about not drafting rookie tight ends because they almost never produce. Ingram has taken that and, and just totally destroyed that. He's doing fantastically well. And I, I think if he's like a super uber premium dynasty asset that is being valued as a premium dynasty asset. So I, I really feel like if you can still try and snatch him up, I, I mean, the sky's the limit for this guy. I have a question. Yeah. Brandon Marshall's out for the season. Sterling Shepard has not played. Odell Beckham is out for the season. The Giants have one threat out there. The running game is terrible. Giants have one threat out there. It's Evan Ingram. If you're an opposing defensive coordinator and you're like, this, this is their offense? Well, obviously, we're just going to key in on Ingram. We're going to stop him. He has Eli Manning, the corpse of Eli Manning, throwing him the football. And he's still getting it done. We could be talking about, and dynasty owners, listen up. We could be talking about a guy that you might have to pay a little bit more for now, but if he keeps this up over the season, if anybody is looking to trade him in Dynasty, what are you going to have to pay for him after the season? Yeah, heading into the second year. I mean, this when's the trade deadline for FFPC Dynasty? Do you know offhand? So after, I think, week 10, I think, but don't quote me on that. Okay, so it's coming up. The yeah. time to make your move on Engram might be now. Yeah. And maybe it was last week, even. Right, I mean... Just, I would just you can throw some offers out there and see if anyone bites. Maybe they will. Next year, when the Giants have Beckham back, I don't know if they'll have Marshall back. Marshall's going to retire. He should. They, I don't, he, he wasn't talking like he was going to retire. Yeah, he's no good anymore. He's, he's now trained like a five to 600-yard receiver per year. That's the right. he's not again. Is he better or worse than the last year of Andre Johnson that we saw? He still has to be a little better. I think that, he I think. has to, but not, not by much. I, I think that, I mean, it's so sad to see someone who's 6'5". 235 just stuck. right yeah i mean i i get it where dhb does it his whole career but when you had andre johnson who actually was really good for a long time it's just kind of sad i don't think dhb was ever that rocked up he was always no, I know, but I mean, he's a lighter guy sizable fella right yes <laughs> um i'm not even that concerned about beckham and shepherd you know taking these targets away from anger shepherd's kind of just a guy I mean, yeah he'll be a little bit better but that's yeah, but he I mean he's he's um he's made a stamp on this offense and really the definitive number two uh Talent, most talented player on the team, unless they bring in like a stud running back, which by the way, we need to place another bet on that one. Well, I don't know if I'm, I'm taking have, that bet this year. I'm have to say, how about a first or second round back? Now, now I'm actually you, elevating. But I don't, I mean, I might agree with you. <laughs> That's the problem. Well, Paul well, Perkins has to, been an unmitigated disaster. I can't believe I lost. I, I said my, yeah. the whole contention of my bet was that Paul Perkins sucks. Right. And I was right. You, you were still lost. The contention was right, and you lost the bet. Unbelievable. Yeah. Perkins still sucks, and I lost. Uh, we should do an update coming up within the next couple of weeks, an update on our I Got Five on it's on the show. Yeah, sure. uh, we, have, we haven't – we have so many – this is the year we've never had this many before. All right. We're in, like, the 30s, I think. We need another one. It's insane. Well, we might have to make another one, but uh, we'll figure that out. Um, God, Florida State is just terrible. I, I don't even know how I'm watching. <laughs> 35 to 3, boss. It's terrible. Uh, okay, moving on. Let's talk about the uh, Texans. And uh, oh, some drama there happened uh, today, if you're paying attention to the news. Um, Texans coach Bill O'Brien says that he does expect DeAndre Hopkins to play at Seattle on Sunday. This is from Aaron Wilson's uh, account on Twitter. Hopkins left the practice field Friday 
uh, Texans saying, I just took a personal day. You know, one of those personal days in the midst of the NFL season, you know, had to take his uh, mother to the Chiropodist. He had to take his kid to a dentist appointment. So he took a personal day. That's all it was. Nothing more. Uh, O'Brien said, I would tell you he'll be here. If something changes, we'll let you know. Uh, interesting from a fantasy aspect, and obviously we know what the Texans owner said today and, and how he did not. What do you mean? Uh, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it. Are you serious right now? You're not serious. I, I've heard it, but you kind of have to, you know, not everyone maybe has heard it. Can I just ask you a question? So he said in regards to the national anthem at the owners meetings, he said, we can't have the inmates running the prison. Right. I've always heard that phrase as you can't have the inmates running the asylum. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Now, do you think if he would have said it correctly and Bill O'Brien is not a young man, I'm sure he just misspoke. Maybe that's giving him too much credit. I don't know. Bill O'Brien. Uh, not Bill O'Brien. Uh, McNair. Bob, Bob McNair. Um, yeah, Bill O'Brien. Bob McNair, I, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt here. If he would have said we can't have the inmates running the asylum, do you think that this would have provoked this this level of action? I'm just this has nothing to do with fantasy. Probably, I'm just probably a lesser level of it because they would have what you know, they're inferring that he's saying that black people are all inmates, you know, right. that are in prison all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So probably not as much, although I'm sure that you'd still would have gotten some sort of Because then they're crazy at that point. Yes. You know, then they're they're not criminals, they're crazy. You know, the funny thing is, you, you know, you can be biased against like people who are retarded or crazy, but <laughs> oh my God, say something about a black person. Oh, Holy okay. Crap. We're going to I'm just not saying, I'm not saying that I, that's okay. Just, yeah. but I'm just saying, you know, I, yes. apparently it's okay to say something about the crazies. You know, these people have problems. It's not much different than like a physical ailment right. when someone has a mental issue. Yeah. I, uh, Brandon Marshall had a mental health issue. Look at him now. He's yeah, fine. He did. I have a lot to say on this. And uh, this goes into a Harvey Weinstein take, a Harvey Weinstein <laughs> hot take I have, but I'm not going to go into it. That's funny. Um, Are you saving that for the slowdown? <laughs> yeah, maybe I will. Yeah. Listen to the road of a slowdown next week. Actually, we have our guest next week is Shelly Fawcett. So maybe we'll get into oh, yes. Maybe we'll get into Shelley that. Shelly would be great. That would be fantastic to get into the whole Weinstein uh, aspect and how it applies to fantasy football. Uh, how does this what apply to fantasy to football? You need to get Jules McQueen on it, actually. Have that, a, just have a roundtable, yeah. uh, you know, like women in fantasy football well, talking she Weinstein. She works for Tarantino. Tarantino yeah. had a real nice statement, actually. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, okay, so the thing I want to say about Hopkins here, Dave. A, do you think he plays? Yes. I do, too. I'm still starting him. Here's an interesting fact. DeAndre Hopkins is running only 30% of his routes uh, at uh, left cornerbacks, and Richard Sherman has been a stationary left cornerback this year. Uh, so Hopkins will probably be running a lot of, uh, you know, 70% of uh, his routes uh, away from Sherman. Might be a, still a good day for Hopkins. Yes. And, what? and, and, he, sorry, I'll just say this. He should be motivated to just absolutely crush it, you know, this week. Yes, he should be. All right. But by the way, a couple things. Okay. If you're the head coach and you know that Sherman, I mean, this is like playing chess when you already know what the other guy has done and will do. If Sherman's going to always stay on that one side, why don't you have Hopkins run 100% of his routes on the other side? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. You're not trying to fool anybody. Who cares? He's well, I think you are, you are trying to fool. I think there's a... There's no fool. I mean, but so then if, if they decide to finally move Sherman, well, then you change that up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, since this whole Hopkins, you know, the... Hopkins gate. Hopkins gate. The, it's like McNair gate is really what it is. Yeah. Um, Inmate don't gate. Use, yeah, don't use gate because that's, you know, referring to prison. Um <laughs> The, the line is like a point and a half in the game. Is it really? Yeah. That's it's, insane. It's gone up. Seattle's now favored by like, like I think seven or eight versus like, it was like six and a half before. That's crazy. 
Uh, getting back, uh, it's accurate. Getting back, I don't think we need to touch on this. Well, here I want to talk talk about JHI specifically when I read this. This is a from the Palm Beach Post today. Adam Gase voices frustration with the team's running game, pretty much at the entire uh, team of his, but specifically in the running game. The quote: "We've got to stop trying to hit home runs all the time. It's on the running back. Do your job. It's not hard to do." <laughs> I'm not singling anybody out, but yeah. We're the worst offense in football. It's hard to go lower than that. You know, it's like a, a lot of these celebrities have, we are getting political tonight, celebrities and, and people in the media talking about Trump, but never saying him by name. Right. Yeah. Totally what Gase is doing here with Jay. Yeah, it is actually. Um, it, it, like, like the ex-president saying, you know, we've got to really come together and be better than that as a nation. Uh, not talking about anybody right. in particular. Our running game has to improve. <laughs> Offensive line's doing their job. <laughs> Quarterback's doing his job. The lead blocker's doing his job. So we really got to do a really good job there. We got to keep getting better. Uh, JHI, Dave, 23 carries, or excuse me, 23 yards on 13 carries. And I believe his first carry of the game went for like 12 yards or something like that. Yep. So the fact that he was uh, only still averaging 3.4 yards per carry, is it time to consider benching him? You're talking about a, a super – I mean, I understand he was a second-round pick, but he's super underperforming right now. Sure, you'd bench him for James White or any of those guys. And the offense is terrible. Yes, until they get right, sure. Yeah. I first, Henry Mudo, first carry went for 21 yards. So, apparently after that – Holy cow. Yeah, so apparently after that he had 12 carries for Jerome three Bettis yards. Jerome Bettis is laughing at him. Yeah, that's pretty he's bad. Three yards for three – three carries, three yards, three touchdowns. Really, 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 wow. really bad. That's terrible. That really is – is there something else? All right. Is it Damian Williams, the backup? Damian, yeah. I was thinking about that, too, and they had him on special teams, I noticed, quite extensively on Thursday night. So, I mean, I don't know if Ajayi is a candidate for special teams, um, but if Damian Williams is still covering punts and stuff, I don't think a, a changing of the guard is uh, eminent. What about Kenyon Drake? He's still farting around in that backfield. Or is he on IR? Yeah, actually, Drake might be the backup. Yeah. You're right. So that's yeah, something to keep in mind. And we can start doing the, you know, love the Drake, hate the Drake. Yeah. Drake. Right now I, I hate the Drake. I hope he becomes very, uh, viable. That'd be great. That'd be great. So we can love him. Well, I'm moving on, Dave. <laughs> Tweets. Tweets. Is that what you're supposed to be doing? Yeah. Fantasy feedback? Yeah. I can't. I, that's all I remember. I can't say anymore. All right. Anymore. Well, that, that's fine. You don't. Tweets, 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 tweets. Just so everybody knows. <laughs> The production for the fantasy feedback may just start randomly playing at some point <laughs> during, during emails, or maybe it's playing right now. I, I don't even know. I should be able to hear it, but I can't. So, uh, okay, moving on. Let's get into uh, emails with a SOS, Dave, and I'm not going to bother playing that drop because I foresee messiness doing that. Tough SOS for me this week. Will Fuller at Seattle or Mohamed Sanu at the Jets. Please help. That is Jerry in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So he's got to decide between Will Fuller uh, and Mohamed Sanu. Dave, do you have a feeling between those two guys? Um, man. You know, I might throw Fuller in there. Why not? I, I, I think this was, was it the, the lowdown or the... All, all Fuller does is catch touchdowns. That's, that was my point. In fact, no, I was saying this on the Appleton Trophy Fantasy Football Show uh, Weekly, which you can hear on thescorewi.com, 4.55 Central Time every Thursday afternoon, or uh, if you want to listen terrestrially, in 1570 and 95.3 FM. <laughs> I was saying, nice, like, nice. you know, it's one of these things with Will Fuller. I know he can't keep this up. He, he just can't keep scoring a touchdown every week or two touchdowns every week. 
But at this point, don't you just kind of have to ride the hot hand here and keep him in your lineups until he stops scoring touchdowns? I'm playing him this week in several leagues as a flex. I think so. And even if he has Sherman on him, Sherman bites on him. You know, he might do a hitch and go or something like that. He, you know, those guys get burned on plays. And they have the quarterback to run that play now. Yeah. But Tom now, Savage really wasn't. Now, if we knew that O'Brien was following my Hopkins 100% of the time on one side rule, then maybe that starts to new. Henry but Hopkins isn't that, or uh, O'Brien's not that smart. He's not. Henry Mudo, uh, Kenyon Drake played well when they were down 40 to nothing. He didn't say well. He just said he played when they were down 40 to nothing. Oh, which is actually worse. I'm telling you, man, I'm losing it. I'm absolutely losing. I have something mentally wrong with me. Well, you're just inserting words in the sentences. That doesn't, that doesn't mean you're, you're getting dementia. You're, when you add words, that, that means you're something different. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I was, you know, the Bucs had their return to the Mecca night. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, the, Mo- the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. And uh, this was last night. And, um, you know, it was a big thing. They had the, the Mecca court. They're wearing the throwback uniforms. And I, I saw a story on CBS Sports. Um, Bucks legend Marcus Johnson distresses over return to Mecca night. And I'm like, what, what, you know, this guy's employed by the box still. Why, why is he? So I read the whole article. He wasn't distressed about it at all. I'm like, what the hell? This is a total misleading headline. I went back to it, said discusses the return <laughs> of the Mecca night. And I'm like, and this is, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. I can't read anymore. I cannot function anymore. I'm, you know what you need to do is you need to do some of those brain teasers. How about Sudoku? I can't, I can't do that. I, I, I don't know how to do those things. <laughs> you know, literally everybody in my family does those things. My extended family, too. They love them. I hate it. I mean, Cannot you, stand you it. just have too much time of your life to waste if you're doing Sudoku. I think it's Sudoku, by the way. I don't think it's Sudoku. Good. I'm glad I mispronounced it. If I, if I pronounce it right, I would feel like I'm even more of a knob. Sudoku, whatever the hell I guess I'm, I'm the knob. Let's I'm, go glad to, I'm, I'm glad I messed, messed it up. I want to go to somebody who's not a knob. Chris in Beaverton, Oregon. Is Atlanta Beaverton? Beaverton. <laughs> Beaverton? Beaver's done. Beaverton. Is Atlanta really trying to get the ball to Julio Jones more, or is this just lip service from Dan Quinn? Honestly, I'm pretty annoyed that the number two drafted receiver is sitting at WR18 this deep into the season. He kind of did get on track this past week um, in that New England game, although some of it was kind of like quasi-garbage time, but he gets the touchdown late. Uh, I I don't know. You know, you and I have never been huge Julio guys. I don't think – we've ever invested too many first round picks into him. And, and this is, you know, you listen to Matthew Barry and ESPN he hits the nail on the head on this. Every time he talks about Monday after the games and they're recapping their podcast. Oh, once again, Julio Jones did not get the ball in, you know, in the red zone or in the end zone happens every single week. Julio Jones finally got his first touchdown in 2017 this season, this past week. It, that's insane. I, I can't explain Julio Jones. Yeah. Whatever. The, so, I don't like him. I don't, I don't want to own him anymore. Yeah. I own him in one dynasty league out of all my teams. And I'm happy that that's the only way I own him. What's, he has one touchdown right now. What's the over-under on total touchdowns for Julio Jones Six. the rest of the season? Maybe the rest of the season, five yeah. more. I honestly... That might I'm, be hot. That my, could be hot. I might take the under. It might be that. high. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and honestly, the only reason I'm hesitating is because Atlanta's offense has kind of been struck in, stuck in neutral most of the season. They might have to be throwing to keep stay in games the rest of the way too and which would portend to good things for uh julio jones you what leagues it, just in one dynasty oh you just trade him. yeah float wait 28 i mean i can still get probably good value for him but i shouldn't yeah uh, i would say over the next year you probably could too All right. uh rich and bowden he's going on the block 
North Dakota, it looks like. Bowden, North Dakota. Dear Balky and Dave, when Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone last time, Jordy Nelson caught one touchdown in seven weeks. Should I be looking at benching him or maybe even dropping him at this point? Love your show that is rich right. in Bowden, North Dakota. Okay. This guy's on the ledge. You're, you didn't even try talking him back. He just jump. grabbed his shirt and pulled him back. Go ahead and jump. No, you're not, because that would say cut him. <laughs> just go ahead and jump. Cut Jordy Nelson. <laughs> I am not cutting him. I, you know, I'm obviously not playing him this week because they're on by, but I, yeah, I'm going to have to think long and hard of whether to start this guy going forward. I He'll first round pick, okay. second round pick, dude, one catch this past week against the saints. Saints defense is a little better than I thought. Well, they're not Jordy Nelson held the one catch good. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think you have to roll them out there for a few more weeks, but if you have really, really good other options, sure. You maybe. probably don't with the buys though, but the buys the next yeah, few next weeks week, are going to yeah, be rough. That's true. So. That'll be tough. Yeah, uh, so definitely don't cut him. But I think if, if you have uh, any kind of better options at this point, I mean, I would still, let's say he was playing this week. I would, I would still play him over like Mohamed Sanu. Right. I would still play him over Will Fuller, guys like that. Yeah, sure. You know, um, but then when you get in the area, I'm trying to think of a, of a guy. I'm, well, what about like, let's say Chris Hogan when you have Amandola. I'd, I'd play Hogan. Yeah. No question. But again, no we're, question. We're speak. Yes, no question. Well, obviously this week, no question because Nelson's on by. Okay. We're speaking a little bit in abstract here, uh, but yeah, I uh, I think you need to uh, tread lightly with uh, Jordy Nelson. Let's go to Dwight in Wadley, Alabama. Hey guys, how significant do you think this Emmanuel Sanders injury is? And is Benny Fowler a guy you would roster in football guys leagues? Thank you for the email, Dwight. Um. Sanders, it, it seemed like he, he almost had a shot to play this week. Now it doesn't sound like he will. I think he's officially listed as questionable, but he was uh, not doing much in practice. I, I think he's still another week away. Um, I, I didn't pick up Benny Fowler anywhere. I have no desire to. I have one or two weeks. With Trevor Simeon throwing to him, it's just like, <laughs> when am I ever going to play him? I mean, that, that's the, I'm making, I'm making the Benny Fowler. This, this is my Renee Zellweger face that I'm making right now. <laughs> it kind like, of looks like it. Yeah, it's just like. Yeah, your eyes Benny are Fowler, all, really? Your eyes are all close. You up. cannot see my eyes whatsoever. Right. Like, like you're crying. Yeah, because that's what I would be if I was picking up Benny Fowler. It'd like just be too much plastic surgery. No thanks. No thank you. <laughs> Why did you pick him up? Uh, you you must be playing in some uber deep leagues. It was a pretty deep league. Or your team suck. <laughs> or <laughs> both. Might have been both. <laughs> That's distinctly possible. Is this week seven Adrian Peterson just like the old one, or was this a one-off outlier that we saw in week six? Thanks much, Ray in Norcross, Georgia. Oh, That's I think we know the answer Ray. to that one. He sucks? Yeah, he sucks. Yeah. Um, Devil's Advocate. Carson Palmer is out four to six weeks or eight weeks or the season, depending upon who you believe. Is there – and Drew Stanton or Blaine Gabbert is going to be the quarterback when Arizona returns from by, ostensibly. We, we think that's the case. Is there any truth to them wanting to ride Adrian Peterson, similar to what the Packers did with Aaron Jones to hide Brett Hundley's shortcomings, that you would really want to hide the shortcomings of Drew Stanton and Blaine Gabbert with an Adrian Peterson-led running game? Yeah, I mean, they would like to do that. But, I mean, Aaron Jones has the, the, the positive nature of being young, talented, explosive, whereas AP is old and kind of run down, beat down. He can't break tackles like he used to. He's not a third down back. So he's going to get – eight in the box, and they're all going to go in there and crunch him, and then they're going to laugh at him when they tackle him four yards behind <laughs> the line. Be like, about. AP, man, you used to be great. See you later, man. Catch you in the next play, dog. You know what's funny is that I can't remember who they were playing a couple weeks ago when he did have that 130-yard game with the two touches, but they showed one on, on um, red zone 
uh, when I was watching it. And um, it was like a 15-yard touchdown run from Peterson. And I honestly couldn't believe nobody caught him. He was running that slow. I'm like, this, this is the highlight? You know, this, that it looked like linemen were chasing him. That it just shows you how much different, like, how the NFL changes from week to week, where it's like AP was like a world beater, about to save your season if he's on your team. Right, yeah. One week later, Carson Palmer's on IR for eight weeks. That's just crazy. I mean, he has this holy crap game, and you go into the bye week, and you're like, I have no second running back. Is there – you think this is Fitz's last year now? Because Arizona's yeah, probably going to be drafting – early in the first round with all these quarterbacks, they probably take one, right? Yeah. I mean, I would think hopefully Fitz go, I mean, Fitz to me seems like he's bound for the, either the announcing booth or for coaching. I mean, he's just such a, I mean, he's got that degree from the university of Phoenix online. He's a very cerebral guy. I don't guy. think we've ever brought up Fitzgerald and you didn't bring up the <laughs> university of Phoenix degree. You know, every time I used to drive to our friendly watering hole, stone toad, right. I'd always hear like it would, they'd bring Fitz. I don't even talk about the university of Phoenix online. Yeah. I was trying to get his degree. He's been working on that degree for like five or six years, I think. And I, I hope he picked it up. Hopefully it was a doctorate. In communications. I'd love to see Arizona release Fitzgerald and then he signs with the Patriots. <laughs> That'd be great. That actually would be kind of cool. <laughs> so fantastic. For, for like 1.1 million. Like the yeah. Minimum, like yeah, whatever the minimum is for, yeah. for a player. He's, he's made 23 million this year. Be great. It's fine. Um, let's go to Ben in Leachfield, Kentucky. Leachfield, Leachfield. You know, you people need to come from more pronounceable cities. I am not that intelligent. And as we found out earlier, I can no longer read. How much does Marquise Goodwin benefit from C.J. Beathard tossing him the rock now since he throws a much better deep ball than Brian Hoyer? Marquise Goodwin is an interesting guy, Dave. I, didn't, I think I have him in one league, and he actually looked pretty good last week with, with Beathard tossing him the rock. Like four for 82 or something like that. He might be serviceable. You might cut him after these bye week, this bye week gauntlet's done, but he's, he's the type of guy that could help you get through it. So is he okay, – I'm just reading here. Did, did he miss practice with a back injury? Uh, he may have. I, did, I don't know. I did not look at the injury report for Marquise Good. But, you know, honestly, he's been kind of dinged up most of the season, and he's been playing through I'm just, it. I'm just trying to pull it up here real quick. Um, he's questionable but expected to play. Yeah. And he returned to practice on Friday. Okay. Likely won't be 100% given he was in a no-contact uh, no contact jersey. It says no-contract jersey. What the hell? They're not a spell, Roto-World. Um, Maybe you need, are you having Eric Balkman reading issues? No, it actually says no-contract okay. no jersey. Maybe they wrote they it specifically for me. They can't sign him to me. an extension during while he's wearing the jersey. Um, he's I, at, I, he's I, at Philly this week. I'd be inclined to bench him. I would try and find I don't know. Else. I, would, I would, too, but you may Philly's not have defense that. defense is... is they somehow they're, do yeah, they but, get a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, but their passing, their secondary is not – it's not great. And the fact that you would think that they dominate this game, the game script would call for more Marquise Goodwin in the second half. Pierre Garçon. I don't know, man. I was Carson Wentz. I would actually um, – I would buy the defensive secondary a bunch of, like, you know, watches and gifts and stuff because it's going to help him get a big contract because of how bad the secondary is. He has to keep throwing yeah. touchdowns all the rest of the second yeah, no, half of the game. So don't reward that behavior. Reward them for sucking. Yeah, don't do that. Don't, I would not do that. That's... Not, not publicly. Then they might, they might start trying if they oh, get the gift. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, Min Montana is saying that there's going to be weather issues in the Philly game. Big yeah, game, right? uh, yeah, East Coast, really. They're the East Coast um, games, in fact, I should bring that up right now, what, what games could be affected here, um, especially if you're looking at, at tiebreaker-type uh, games. Oakland at Buffalo. You'd have to look at Chargers at the Patriots, uh, Falcons at Jets, Niners at Eagles. Um, that's yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So 
be paying attention to those. And those are all Sunday. They're no, none of those are primetime games. So you'll have the opportunity to get a pretty good look at the weather report. So chargers at, at the Patriots. Yes. Yeah. Flying all the way from the West coast and yeah. some crappy rainy weather. That's not going to turn out well for them. I was pretty happy with this just to humble brag. And you can throw me under the bus if you don't think it's great. Remember I was telling you about how my zero RB team uh, that I did in Kentucky, that that's been one of my better ones. The, sure. the Jesse Vegas squad. Yeah. Um, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, um, uh, Brandon Cooks, and A.J. Green are the top four receivers. Nice. Well, I was so busy picking up running backs, I didn't realize that I cut all the rest of my receivers. So that's literally all the receivers <laughs> yeah, I have four receivers. were those four receivers. But then somebody in that league cut Tyrell Williams. I didn't have much cash left, and I picked Tyrell Williams up for like 25 bucks this week. That's not so I'm back to five. Yeah, but I mean, really four and a half with Devonte Adams. He's struggling, but he has a, you know. But he's, he's somebody. Shot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's, I mean, there's, you know how he's had a thousand yard season. These he receivers come back and be all right. These receivers are. We actually have a wager on that, by the way. If, if Tyrell Williams will be a top twenty five receiver, uh, this he's year. not going to be. So I'm probably lost that one. I yeah, I think I think you said he would because I was like I saying was like more on him. Yeah, we all we also have a bet on on if Mike Williams catches. I think it, he has got to catch 30 passes or 35 well, passes. I got that year. one locked up. <laughs> Son of a gun. <laughs> Ain't no problem there, buddy. Yeah, so we're splitting on Chargers receivers. <laughs> um, hello, Jerry and Jason. I own Ezekiel Elliott, Darren McFadden, and Alfred Morris in a football guys league, but with so many buys coming up, I'm worried that I won't be able to hang on to all of them. Who is the first guy to cut if I need to make a switch? Appreciate Elliot. it, guys. Dave in Sacramento, California. Dave, thanks for the email. Um, okay, seriously speaking. Alfred Morris. Why him? Over McFadden. He doesn't get third down work. He's not that great. He's pedestrian. But you know what? McFadden is too. Honestly, cut them both and pick up somebody else. <laughs> they both kind of I mean, they both suck. But he owns Elliott. I mean, you, you have to, you have, to have some sort of re- recourse there. I don't think you can cut both of them. You if, do not have to actually have – if both backups are terrible, you do not have to handcuff yeah, all right. a crappy half handcuff. You could – Say, you know, if you throw up your hands, if you have other running backs that are okay, or if you find somebody else to pick up, if you have like Alex Collins, for example, God bless you, but you know, then you're fine. You don't need any of these other crummy backs. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I, but I, I think it's tough. It's easy for us to say this. Well, you own Elliot in one league, right? Well, yeah. And I cut Morris. So you have McFadden? I haven't in a couple leagues, actually. No, I, I don't have McFadden at all. I don't care. If, okay, so let's reverse this question. Sure. He gets he gets suspended. I will start a different player. I know, but McFadden and Morris are both out there in your waiver wire. Who are you bidding more on? I would bid more on McFadden. There you go. And, and that's that's how I get my answer. <laughs> that's not that's the true journalist in me yeah. getting getting my answer no matter what. Good job, what. counselor. Hey, Balky and Dave, now that Turbin is out for the year and Gore is still old, is Marlon Mack about to take this job in Indy? That is Marcus in Detroit, Michigan. Marlon Mack, is he going to be the guy? Or are they still going to be, you know, letting him fart around, get seven, eight touches a game, and then let Gore, you know, take the pounding up the middle? Still farting, farting yeah. around. Yeah. I kind of, I'm with you. It, it seems so obvious. I can't imagine, you know, it's, it's stuff like this that I think has guys like Matt Kelly from, of course, friend of the podcast, um, playerprofiler.com, Roto Underworld Radio. This is the kind of stuff that I think makes him go a little bonkers. That that the Colts the Colts refuse to let Marlon Mack be Marlon Mack, and and still plot away. But the teams aren't running in this fantasy vacuum. They have to deal with like human beings and personalities, right. and like and a they would prideful thirty ra- three year old running back who, by the way, never fumbles and is really good at the goal line and knows how to pass block 
a lot better than Marlon but Crappy the team, but, Mack. But the team is going he's a, nowhere. He's a very good football player, even in a no go a go nowhere situation. Gore, Gore has he's, he he could not be less involved with this team's future. Could not be less involved. I think that's inarguable. Okay, why wouldn't you want to get Marlon Mack out there getting touches? Maybe, Unless, you to, maybe because you want to you don't want to. DeMarco Murray, the fella, and give him <laughs> yeah. too many carries yeah. and have him be, you know, ready to go for next year when it matters. Okay. That's, that's a fair point. I, get, I guess keep him in bubble wrap is what they're doing. Well, you there. know, give him some carries, give him some experience. Um, but, you know, you don't have to give him 300 carries. You know, you have Gord. He's there. He's making money. Why not? Everybody's pretty much at this point, they're just, what do they call it? They're just playing out the string. They're yeah. playing it out. You know, everybody's just collecting their paycheck, going home, pretending they give a crap. That's how it works for about half the teams in the NFL. The Colts are one of those teams. I would disagree with you if I could, because I don't think, as much as I'd love to see Marlon Mack get more of a feature role, I don't think it's going to happen this season. I think it still will be Gore, um, which is unfortunate. So I, I think you have to... Um, the question is whether you should be starting Gore is another question. And that's... Ugh, I've no, been you trying, I've been trying to be bent. I'm in a few leagues and I'm trying to bench him and I have been able to bench yeah, him. I, it's it's not, not, worth, uh, not worth it at this point. Mike in Springfield, Mass. How do the Washington receivers finish this year in order of points between Pryor, Crowder, Doxson, and Grant? Thank you. Mike in Springfield, Mass. This is interesting. Josh Doxson started over Terrell Pryor this past week. Uh, Josh Doxson uh, was in the, with the red zone offense when um, the Washington was trying to uh, get back in the game against Philadelphia. How do these guys finish, Dave, between Pryor, Crowder, Doxson and Grant. We know that Doxson is, you know, Jay Gruden said after the game, we drafted this guy to be our number one receiver. So you know that they, he probably from here on out would be the number one receiver. But when you take into effect what, what's happened already, how do these guys finish? Well, I think we can all agree that prior, the Mr. Hype guy has been a colossal bust. Yep. Colossal. I mean, he's had no more than three catches in a game since week one. That's been bad. One total touchdown of the season. So I think that it's definitely – I think Doxson overtakes him if he hasn't already. I know they're talking about playing the hot, the hot hand at receiver, which I find laughable. Between Doxson and Pryor. Yes. Yeah, Crowder, so, it, yeah, he still – his job. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's – it's, I, I guess I would hypothesize that Crowder's the number one with Pryor coming in second. Uh, Grant maybe tied or third with Pryor. You know, who cares? Uh, Chris Thompson has still got a bunch of catches. Between these four receivers. Yeah, I don't know. Who cares about the guys? After Here's how I have them. You want to hear how I have them? Yeah, please tell me. Number four, Terrell Pryor. Yep, number four. <laughs> number three, Ryan Grant. Number two, Jamison Crowder. Number one, Josh Doxson the rest of the way. Wow. That's a, I, don't, I don't really think I'm going out on a limb too much yeah, either. Uh, let's go to Gary in Tallahassee, Florida. Hopefully he's not a Florida State fan. I can only play one of these guys in my FFPC VP league. Would you guys roll with Forte or McGuire against the Falcons this week? Thank you, Gary. No contest for me, Matt Forte. I'm not, I mean, Elijah McGuire was hardly involved last week. The real question would be if you have Forte and Powell, which one are you going to play? Yeah, I would, I would still roll Forte out. I mean, it seems like he's actually, he's, he's getting 13, ca- 13 catches over the last two weeks. Yeah, nice. Yeah, he's he's been very good. I would probably... I would definitely play both him and Powell over Maguire. I'd, if I had the decision between Powell and Forte, I'd probably play Forte over Powell this week. Um, yeah, I don't know. It'll, it'll, it might be close to see how they're both too. I really don't know. It, sh- it should be close. Um, but if I, I, I would roll with the hot hand. That's the, the, hot, <laughs> the hot hand phrase going uh, forward on this show. 
Uh, final email tonight, Dave. Oh, it's one of the fun ones. It's a blind resume. <laughs> I think you're going to get this one, but we'll read it anyway. This is from Ken in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Hey, Dave and Balky, would you be interested in rostering this guy? All right, let me hear it. He's a quarterback that went undrafted in many leagues and has yet to put up a performance of fewer than 16.6 FFPC points. Alex Smith? He is on pace for 4,500 passing yards. Alex Smith? Nearly 300 rushing yards. Alex Smith? And 37 total touchdowns. I'm going to go with Alex Smith. Who is this player? Um, Alex Smith. Incorrect. Jay Cutler, but good guess. Dang it. It is Alex Smith. Woo! That was so easy, baby. Pretty crazy. And I can't remember what podcast I was listening to. Um, but they said, I, and they didn't have these numbers, but they had to believe that Alex Smith has to lead. What is he, like fourth, third? Where is he at? He's way up there. He has to lead the league in, um, I, I don't know how I would phrase this, but like yards after the catch. Yeah. Yeah, for a quarterback. Like how much of his yardage was actually, yeah. like he generated and how much. Because Tyreek Hill's a playmaker. He's Travis the number Kelsey's two quarterback. Right and then saying, <laughs> behind who? Wentz? Behind Wentz by less than a point. Can you imagine having the decision, like if you waited on quarterback this year and you got Carson Wentz and Alex Smith, and here it is going into week eight, and you have the number one and number two you know quarterback? Really, you know what's funny? I'm gonna, speaking of humble brag, I'm going to give my little humble I'm doing still pretty well in the uh, fishbowl thing, right? Top, top ten team, I've lost David Johnson and Dalvin Cook. Right. But I'm looking, and the reason I'm actually doing well is Alex that, Smith. No, Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott. Oh, my yeah. Quarterbacks sure. First and fourth at uh, quarterback play. And, the, you know, Fishbowl, you know, la di da di da. You always mess around with your scoring, and your quarterback scoring is stupid and way over the top, right. which is what's helping my team out. And, like, tight ends and receivers are pretty much irrelevant. Right, yeah. So, you know what? Mess around with it again next year and then overcompensate the other direction. Like and Dave the Dizzle Gerzak will still find a way to dominate. My team was terrible last year. I'm getting lucky this year so yeah. far. I'm the opposite. It was really good last year when I had Matt Shaw. This year, not so good. <laughs> not so good. Uh, okay, well, one of those things. At least, I, uh, at least I'm not a Florida State fan. Don't worry, there's no money involved in that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's going to do it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank uh, Paul Gromick uh, for uh, coming on the show tonight. I want to thank the FFPC, Rob Bryson, and, of course, each and every one of you. Uh, early lineup lock. 9.30 Eastern Time Sunday, Vikings and Browns in jolly old London. Make sure that you are uh, getting those lineups awake. in before that. Yeah, awake. That, or submitted Saturday night and just be smart about it. Uh, it and uh, thanks, Dave Gerzak. Uh, of course, thanks to Rob, Bryce, our producer, and uh, all of you, ladies and gentlemen. Your weekend officially starts now. Where's the music? It's playing. <laughs> The music plays as Boston College fans run onto the field and they're trouncing on Florida State. <laughs> they plucked, they said they plucked the upset in the subtitles. They beat them by like 35 or 40. Well, it was an upset. Well, obviously not. That Florida State was a six and a half point favorite this game. Well, I think hopefully the Lions makers start to figure this out. I think they will next week. Uh, good show. Good audio. We'll uh, work on the drops. <clears throat>